Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. A reading from the letter from St. Paul to the Corinthians, the 12th chapter. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though there are many, there is one body, so it is with Christ. For the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the, body, if the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that, wouldn't make any, that would not make any sense, make it any less part of the body. And the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole whole body were, were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. This is the word of the Lord. Well, our reading today is from the epistle of 1 Corinthians. Corinth is a city in modern-day Greece where St. Paul founded a church. And after getting the new church going, St. Paul left Corinth to continue his missionary work elsewhere. After Paul left, the church in Corinth began having some problems. The Christians there were called to a high moral standard, but there were immoral practices that were seen as acceptable among the uh, pagan population, but that were tempting the Christians and causing just a lot of problems in general. So St. Paul dictated this letter to address the problems of jealousy, rivalry, and various immoral behavior. Today's scripture reading is trying to find a solution to the jealousy caused by some in the church valuing certain spiritual gifts above others. I'm reminded of a time in my school days when I was complaining to my mother about all the things I wasn't good at. She pointed out to me that it can be easy to see the gifts that others have that we don't possess, and it can also be easy to take for granted the gifts that we do have. For example, while I lamented being bad at sports and English, my mother pointed out that I was good at math and history and had many good friends. I suspect that every kid in that school was probably jealous of what some other kid in that school could do or had. So St. Paul gives us a good metaphor of the church being like our own bodies. Our bodies have many different parts with unique abilities that need each other to function. If our eye or ear or any other body part were cut off from the rest of us, it would become useless. It is only when the many unique parts work together that any one part is able to function. To quote today's scripture reading, And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. 
If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. When I was reading this passage, thinking of the diversity and unity of a body, I was reminded of a city. As you go about a city, all around you there are people with specialized talents working on a myriad of tasks. For each single person in the city, they must rely upon the work done by many, many others and able to be productive themselves. I am sure that many of you today downplay the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. You may feel inadequate, but you know that God has need for each and every one of us. We, as a church, make up the different parts of the body of Christ here on earth. We may have different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. To continue St. Paul's body metaphor, it is often when some, serious, some seemingly minor part of the body is not able to function that the entire body suffers. I think of the time when I fractured both of my wrists and needed to wear two blue casts over my arms. I don't think about my wrists as being overly important before, but after having to wrap towels around pencils so I could pick them up or being unable to grab things out of the narrow cubby hole in my desk, and especially after other kids referred to me as the boy with blue arms, I quickly came to the re realization that all body parts are important. As a side note, if you do find yourself with a cast or some other issue, try to look for at least some benefit in it. Uh, for example, the, with my casts, others tended to remember me quite well, and people enjoyed signing the cast, and my uh, volleyball game got much, much better being able to <laughs> use it to pop it up. <laughs> now, you may believe that your spiritual gifts are useful, but perhaps you don't want to cause any problems by trying to use your gifts in a church which seemingly has most things under control. This concern reminds me of a time I was meeting with the bishop. Frequently, he came across people who felt like they wanted to get more involved with their church or their community, but they needed permission to do so. So he told all of us, whether you are new to the church or whether you've been going there for years, the bishop is formally granting you permission to be part of an existing group or even to start something new and let me now extend that permission to all of you to hear today. If you are unsure what God is calling you to do, one good way to discern it is to look around and see if there's something that makes you think, you know, someone should really do something about that. And whenever you think that, maybe that is God calling you to be that someone, to do that something, to, to fix that issue. If we are all blessed with spiritual gifts, then we not only need to celebrate the spiritual gifts that we have, but also the spiritual gifts that others have. Some gifts others possess you may hold in high regard, but there are also some gifts we do not fully appreciate, and the church body is weaker for it. What are those other gifts that, if encouraged, people could use to benefit us all? I find a useful thought experiment is first ask the opposite question. Who is someone whose gifts we greatly value? Or to put it another way, who is someone 
who if they happened to come to our church, we would all be very glad. For me, I think of maybe a married couple with a big family who have been lifelong Christians, who have good morals and good social standing, who one Sunday burst into the church and asked for the nearest church committee that they can join. <laughs> well, now that we all know who we most want to come to church, all you have to do is think of someone who does not have those qualities and then you think, is this someone who I might overlook their gifts? When I was in high school, I would sometimes do the sound system at funerals for my church. One funeral was for someone I didn't know, a middle-aged woman all called Grace. A pastor got up to talk about how, after signing up through a charity to work with inmates, she met Grace for the first time. After talking for a while, Grace wanted to know more about Christ. And after getting out of prison, Grace started attending this pastor's church. Over the next few years, Grace, with God's help, turned her life around. Grace then went out into the world to help others who had been in prison or were struggling with serious issues like addiction. This funeral was full of all kinds of people who had been in really dark places and who Grace helped them to sort their lives out. Now, when I think of a good Christian, I tend to think of a kind, meek person, gently encouraging others to do the right thing, but apparently Grace could be rather heavy-handed when it came to encouraging others to do the right thing. If she saw any backsliding, she could dollop out a heavy dose of tough love in order to put that person back on the right track. And many of the people who got up at the funeral said a strong hand is what they needed at that point in their lives. I know St. Paul thought the Christians in Corinth needed some tough love at times as well. Why I bring this up is, if you ask me where I would find someone who'd been gifted by the Holy Spirit, the ability to go out and rescue people from some truly dark places, I think I would have overlooked grace. And seeing as how she is a person who God placed on this earth just to do that, I need to be better at looking out for gifts that others may have been given that I will overlook. So we are all diverse and we all have unique gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. Now, to complete the body metaphor, we all need to work together in unity. After all, the body is not just a collection of unique parts, but the body works together to strengthen each, other part, each other's parts and allow the whole to do amazing things. Earlier, when I gave my metaphor of a diverse city working in unity, this was something of an idyllic city. A real city has many people arguing with each other, trying to accomplish different tasks and segregating into different groups. You might think it would be better for a city to have less diversity. That way, there would be less strife. I was listening to an economics podcast about how city governments often tend to prioritize either bringing or keeping a single big employer to their town. What economic research has shown, though, is that over time, those cities that are dependent upon a single employer or a single industry tend to be less economically productive and more fragile than cities who have a 
diverse economy with businesses plying many different trades. It is the diversity of a city that keeps it strong and healthy, not the other way around. So if a church is to be full of members with diverse spiritual gifts, but that diversity can also lead to disagreements and differing goals, what are we to do? In Corinth, there are many spiritual gifts, but the church was valuing some gifts as more important than others, and it was causing strife. To this, St. Paul writes that love is to be the most valuable and central characteristic to the Christian community. Now, this love is not a passive feeling. It is an action. Love is the driving force which all our spiritual gifts are to be motivated by and what all our gifts are to be leading towards. There will still be disagreement and strife, but if at our center we are motivated by love, then we have a core unifying goal to pull all of our diversity together. I think a good example of this action of love doing amazing things is the First Corinthians epistle itself. Today, if you want to send a message, it is incredibly easy. So it can be difficult to imagine what it would take for a letter written thousands of years ago to reach us here today. First, St. Paul would need to have the spiritual gifts required to dictate the letter. Then his helper, Sosthenes, would need to write it. Uh, once it reached Corinth, the church would need to implement the letter as it prescribed, and at this point, it would need to have been copied and sent to other churches, a time-consuming and expensive task. And this process would have needed to continue for hundreds of years for the epistle to reach us here today. It is only through a diverse group of spiritually gifted Christians over hundreds of years driven by love that we have this scripture with us here today. You may not feel that you are special, but know that the Holy Spirit has bestowed all of us with gifts. These spiritual gifts are diverse, and we should celebrate the diversity. As we work together in unity, there will be different goals and different opinions, but let love be your driving force. We all have the goal of letting our actions be motivated by God's love, then whether you are metaphorically called to be the eyes or the firm hand or the blue arms of the church, know that as a unified body, we are capable of amazing things. Let us all pray. Dear God, you have called us to a higher standard and you have called us to do great things. Through the Holy Spirit, you have bestowed great spiritual gifts to each one of us to strengthen the church body. As we go into the world among our brothers and sisters in Christ, let us remember that God has placed each one of them on this earth to do great things. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. 
And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.